I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work, coronavirus edition. Okay, so I've been using my time at home to do interviews uh, and talking to R&D folks past and present to talk about sets we made together. So today I have Mike Turian and we're going to talk about Future Sight. So hey, Mike. Hey, Mark. The future is here. We're, uh, I think in a year, it'll be 15 years since Future Sight came out. So I know. We, we, did, we did it. We made it into the future together. Man, it, it's, 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 when your, your kids get old, it makes you feel old, so. <laughs> okay, so, so just for the audience knows, I was the lead designer for Future Sight. Mike was the lead developer for Future Sight. So uh, we were the two main main hands in forming the Future Sight set. So... What is your earliest memory of Future Sight? What What do you remember? Like when you were first, when I first told you about it, what What is your earliest memory? Well, uh, you know, for me, one of the, the the biggest early memories I had of the set was just this was my first lead uh, on a set, right? So, you know, I I had joined uh, Magic R and D around the time, uh, like I, I think that. Saviors of Kamigawa was just being finished up internally when I joined, and then I got to be on like the Guild Pack team and another uh, a number of other teams, the Cold Snap team. Uh, but so for me, Future Sight was both my first lead, and then also the set that was about something so you know fantastically different, right? Uh, I I remember going after I found out that I was going to be leading Future Sight, and I was super excited, and you know like like watching the Back to the Future series of movies, right? Of like, oh, because, I, I, you know, one of the big things was what does it mean to be doing something in the present that's about the future? And so, you know, it, it, and I remember us having a lot of conversations in that in that space too. But but those were some of my early memories. I mean, what, yeah, one of the big challenges of Future Sight is, and this came up a lot, is if we make it now, it's the present. The cards exist now. How exactly does it represent the future? And that was very hard for people to wrap their minds around. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I had been on uh, the Planar Chaos team also. And so I had, as part of that, I sort of got this early take on, okay, you know, what what does an alternate present mean? Um, And then thinking about how does that how does that end up impacting the future? So, you know, when you gave me uh, the original file, like uh, back in the day when there was design and development, we had a period called Divine, right? And so during that, uh, which of course is the blending of design and development, um, and just reading through the cards and, and figuring out like which of these cards are represent the future, which of the cards are the present, right? Because... You know, we had this um, this split of cards that were like supposed to be set uh, in a time spiral future site, and then there was the future site piece of it, right? Where hey, this was the future sheet, and so you know, I, I remember us going back and forth a lot with conversations about what represented the future and what you know where, where to draw that line. Yeah, the the thing that I ended up the, the thing I really pushed was to me the solution to this problem was nostalgia, and what I meant by that was cause we were doing past, present, and future, you know, uh, past, alternate, present, and future, and then in each case nostalgia really drove what that meant. So for future, what I wanted is it, it is things that you kind of knew but that implied something that you hadn't seen yet, 
Like, for example, we had a vertical cycle of morph cards that weren't creatures. Like, there was a land and an enchantment and an artifact, right? And so, the reason that felt very future to me was, well, you've seen morph before, right? It's something you understand, but you haven't seen non-creature morph. So, that felt like, oh, I recognize it, but I know it's not something I've seen, so that made it feel more futurish. Like, one day they'll do that. Right. Right, yeah, de- definitely, definitely playing on uh, mechanics that uh, were successful mechanics, and then and then finding twists on them, right? Like you know, in this morph example, oh, I, I think Zoetic Cavern, right, was the land, yeah, um, and, and it's like, oh, okay, that's that's something that clearly can end up in the future because it's something that hey, we knew we were going to go back t- to morph, and so it was plausible. That when we went back, the twist would be um, things that morphed it, you know, that surprise. I'm not a creature. I'm a land. Um, and, and there were other, you know, there are other good examples of this, right? Um, I, I think there's like, uh, I think it's Luminescent Angel is the name. I might be getting the name. It's, it's funny. Names always escape you even on uh, a card you work on. There's the 3-3 three, three flyer that's an enchantment creature. Right. Yeah, it's so it's it, called um, uh, what's it called? Lumin, uh, Luc- Lucent Luminid. Thank you. Thank it's yeah, three they, WW uh, for a three three flying elemental enchantment creature elemental. Right, and, and so that that's another uh, great example of hey, this is just combining things that um could that that could happen, right? And, and of course, we played that up a lot uh, when when we visited Theros, uh, and, and so. Those cards were great. And also, too, one of the things I loved about those cards is one of the things with Future Sight is there's a lot of mechanics. There's a lot going on, right? And so... A lot, a in, lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. I mean, I I, I don't know if this, this is entirely precise, but I remember at one point being like, oh, will Future Sight double the number of keyword mechanics in Magic? Right, like just just the future sight set. Yeah, the the stat we talked about was before future sight. It was something like there was like fifty six keywords in magic before future sight, and in future sight was like forty nine keyword mechanic. You know, yeah, it, it so didn't quite didn't quite double, but I mean, it was like it was, you know, and all of this set had almost as many mechanics as all of magic up to this point, almost. You know, right? I mean, so I mean. Yeah, so clear, clearly, clearly there were a, a, a lot of mechanics, but being able to tap into so, some of the known, I think it's one of the things that made Time Spiral just such a, a fan favorite at the time was that, hey, it was calling back, to, you know, that, that tap into nostalgia, right? And then those twists make it a lot of fun. And then from my standpoint, when I was looking to add some simplicity, um, having cards that you knew that you know with these small twists that that was great right so at least then if you were experienced with magic you you, you had a, a good basis of knowledge so real quickly you said something that is not 100 percent true so i'm, I'm going to correct you on the spot here um this was not a popular set overall it was a popular set among the variant franchise players i used to joke it was our our art house set like, it got great reviews, meaning the people that really knew Magic loved it, but the average person, it was just over their head. Um, yeah, sorry. So, sorry. I, I, 
yeah, I, I intended to say popular with the, uh, you know, like you said, that enfranchised audience, right? Not, right. Uh, the, the, I, I, I would, right, because clear, clearly if you're, if you're new to Magic, right, like nostalgia isn't going to uh, connect with you as much. And a, a set that has, uh, I think you said 49 keyword mechanics, <laughs> right? That, that's, just, that's just a lot to be walking into. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what happened was that if you already had a good, like the whole Time Spiral block, if you already had a good base of understanding magic and its mechanics, it was a real fun riff on what it was. But if you weren't already familiar with them, it was just overload. You know, like if you already understand morph, hey, here's the first ever land morph. That's cool. But if you've never seen morph before, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, you know, a morph land and a morph enchantment and a morph uh, uh, artifact are all kind of confusing if you haven't already seen morph. Right, right. Well, and I think going back to sort of those, uh, you know, when, when I were talking about like time travel movies, right, and what it does in media, a lot of the way that those work is they play on very common tropes, right? And that's how they get you into the story, right? Of just like, oh, you know, just these very relatable, connectable uh, uh, scenes. And then, then they introduce the twist. Where with magic, you know, we couldn't give you a quick primer on the 12,000 cards that existed or whatever the number was at the time. Like that just, that just wasn't possible. But if you already had that, then you really got to, to, you know, uh, geek out over just all, all of these awesome cards. And I, I think one of the things that was so fun for fans of future site was speculating on, Hey, which of these cards actually, do reveal the future, right? Which ones are are places that magic really will be going? Well, and, and and I was always so proud about how many, uh, uh, whenever that actually came to light. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. The future sifted sheet. So the premise of this sheet, as was pitched, was these are cards from potential magic futures. We didn't promise all of them were from this timeline, if you will. But these are all things that are from potential futures. And some of the cards was us, like, doing things we really, really planned to do. Some of it was us doing things we thought we might do. And some of us just messing around. We had no intent of ever doing it. But, you know, um, so what is your memory of making the future shift to cheat? Well, uh, so, you know, there were cards like uh, Gold Meadow Lookout, right, that make a, uh, it, it's it's a 2-2 two, two for 4 mana, and it, it's a spell shaper, so one tap, discard a card, you get a one one uh, white Kitskin soldier that's a tapper, right? And it's so a gold metal har- a gold metal harrier, which was a, by the way, a name of a card you've never seen before. Yes, yes, that, right. It makes it made a gold metal harrier, but we knew that we were going to uh, Lorwyn, right? And we knew that Kitskin were going to be a, a, a thing in Lorwyn, and so it was. Um, so, like, a card like that, there was just this, like, very direct connection where we actually went and planned out, like, oh, this is this is what's going to happen, right? The, but then... Wait, wait, oh, I, want, I just want to tell a quick funny story about Gold Metal Lookout. So, it's part of a cycle. So, there is five cards in the set that tap, that they're all spell shapers, and you tap and discard a card to make a copy of an existing magic card. Like, the green one made Llanowar Elves, I believe. Um... And what happened was we couldn't find a good one for white. And so we came up with the clever idea of, well, what if this is our throw forward card? What if it made a card from the future? Because we couldn't find a good card from the path that we liked. 
and this was our our creative solution to solving that problem. Yes, yeah, and, and so right. I, I think the I think the, the green uh, uh, the Lenore mentor makes uh, uh, an elf druid named Lenore elves, right? So uh, that so once again that that's tapping the nostalgia of it, but uh, the gold medal lookout is is tapping into the future. So. Uh, there, there were there were fun cards like that. I remember working a lot. Of course, being um, one of the things that developers, uh, now known as set designers, spend a ton of time on are the mana bases in the lands, right? And so, you know, working on cards like um, Horizon Canopy, right, and what the what these future these future lands could look like. That that was a lot of fun because. You know, one of the things with lands is we almost always do them in complete cycles, right? And here, the way we did the complete cycle was we got to customize each land so that it actually kind of worked a little bit better for the colors that it offered. And, like, would it actually end up being a complete cycle or not? Um, that that I didn't know at the time, right? But what we did get to do is we got to design um, some, some awesome dual lands that paid off well like right for horizon canopy the fact that um you're paying a life every time you tap it clearly clearly that's uh some downside but you know white and green are the colors that gain life the best uh in magic so let's, it's just a land that works a little bit better for, for let me I just to, once again for people that don't know this uh on the bonus sheet on the future shifter sheet we made a cycle of land, so allied color dual lands, but each land was a different uh, land that hinted at a different cycle of lands. So like Horizon Canopy was tap, pay one life, add green or white tree mana pool, and then one tap, sacrifice Horizon Canopy, draw a card. And the idea was that was the green-white one, but hey, we could one day maybe make that cycle, you know, but right now you're only getting the green-white one. Um, so do you remember, so River of Tears, I want to talk about River of Tears for a second, just as a fun story here. So River of Tears is tap, add blue to your mana pool if you played a land this turn, add black to your mana pool instead. I'm sorry, add blue to your mana pool if you played a land this turn, add black instead. So it was either blue yes. or black, depending on whether you played a land. Do you remember what I turned over? Because this isn't the card I, re I originally turned over. I, I did design River of Tears, but, um, do you remember the original no, card? I I, I remember liking River. Uh, for one, no, it was fifty. It was fifteen years ago. <laughs> uh, I, I have, I have, I have no memory of, of the cards. I mean, besides, you know, like popular stories like Tarmogoyf, right? Like, the, there's, there's a few cards where it's like, oh yes, this is, this is specifically how it changed. But no, what's the, what did you turn over originally? Uh, the original version of the blue black was, uh, it gave you a poison when you tapped it. It was a poison dual land, oh. and so. I, I think either there was two. One version was you got poison if you got colored mana, and one version is you got poison regardless of what. Of, like you, you had no option of, of a colorless that didn't give you poison. I think we had both versions. Um, the developers did not like poison dual lands uh, just because it required a lot of tracking of poison and wouldn't matter most of the time because um, it was a resource that you could just put in decks that didn't care, and so it wouldn't come up. Uh, and so I was asked to redesign it. So I redesigned River of Tears. And I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of the design of River of Tears um, in that it's a really cool blue-black card and that, like, you you have some control of blue or black. It was kind of cool. But it, it would make a horrible dual land cycle because it's very complex to track what the hell's going on. Yes. Well, it, it, and it's funny. So 
for one, when you uh, when you mentioned the poison doulet, I do now recall uh, this, and I had the same thoughts in my head before you stated them out loud. Of right between the tracking and the fact that I mean, you know, one of the things that Magic R and D was very concerned about um, was like making strictly betters, right? And so like. Like, while that is not strictly better than anything, of course, it certainly is very much in the space of, look, you get to use this nine times for essentially free, right, in the vast, vast majority of games. It's funny because um, uh, Grove of the Burn Willows, right, was the one where it actually isn't the best suited to the color pair, right? Uh, It's You get to tap for a colorless, but if you tap for red or green, you give your opponent a life. However, because of you know, magic cards that came out afterwards, uh, Punishing Fire, it actually became quite a good red-green uh, card as it let you loop the, uh, uh, the the two damage spell by giving your opponent a life. So uh, it it's one of those things you never sort of know where these will go. Uh, you know, another one uh, when we're talking about these cards, a uh, Boldware Intimidator, right? Um, it's a 5-5 with Cowards Camp Block Warriors. Uh, so that was on... Uh, the future sheet it, it, and of course there the the fun thing is is cowards as a creature type wasn't uh it didn't exist uh, it didn't exist right <laughs> so that that's the it, it's so um it, it, and i remember too that that was one when uh, we were talking about it it was like you know it's one of those ones where like you and the other designers brainstormed this like giant list of okay what is what is this what is this sentence going to say that really captures something. But um, so we eventually came up with Cowards Camp Lock Warriors, which of course is uh, totally beloved. And it was great because then when I was working on uh, uh, Morning Tide, I believe it was, right? It, it had uh, a warrior theme. And, uh, and so it's like, oh, great. I have thrown forward a card to myself, right? Just totally, totally unintentionally. Uh, but it was one of those happy things because, you know, I mean, I, I got to lead a number of sets after Future Sight, and any time I was leading a set, one, I would always just do this Future Sight pass of, okay, let me go through this list of cards and see, hey, are there any good matches? And uh, Boldware Intimidator uh, 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 came up, and, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's been awesome since. So Strixhaven had Grinning Ingus, for example, right? That... I mean, Green Ingus had been re- re- repeated in repeat products, but in, in a standard set, Green Ingus shows up for the first time in Strixhaven. So, right, uh, fifteen years later, here's a card off the you know here's a future shift card off the future shift sheet. So, it is true. We always look. I mean, every, I know every every lead always goes and does that future side passive. Oh, is there a card from the future I could I could put here? Yeah, and so and and just you know, so the audience follows like a lot. A lot. Of, it's like the 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 number of things that have to to line up perfectly because you know like when we pick the creative on the card a lot of times it's using a word or you know and it wants to feel like even though it was in future sight it wanted to feel like from a future universe right but so to get that future universe to actually line up with the right so the worlds that we're creating now like that alignment is another another piece that has to to work out as well. So let, let me give a, a perfect example of this. So there's a card called Ghostfire. It's two and a red. Uh, instant. Ghostfire is colorless. Ghostfire deals three damage to target creature or player. 
So it's a card, and the flavor text is, only those gifted with the Eye of Ugin, the spirit dragon, can see his fiery breath. Now, when that flavor text was written, Ugin didn't exist. There was no Ugin. That, that is the inspiration for Ugin existing, is that line of flavor text. So anyway, we're doing Tarkir. We're going back to Tarkir. Ugin is a main part of it. Devoid, colorless spells, is a main part of it. And we're like, okay, we have to do Ghostfire. And then, um, as we're in the middle of doing it, the creator says, oh, but Devoid is all um, for, uh, Eldrazi. Eldrazi. It, it's Eldrazi. This isn't Eldrazi. This specifically is Ugin magic. And we're not, you know, it doesn't fit. Like, we couldn't put go- It's a set that seemed like it would be the perfect fit for it, but creatively it didn't fit. And this, hap- this has happened a lot, where we've had things that seem like they'd fit. Like, I know we um, when we did Delve, we were trying to do a Delve card in... Um, in uh, Konzatark here, and like, not, for stupid reasons, none of the Delve cards quite fit, you know? Um, and oh, so you it's... Bring in, you couldn't bring in Tombstalker? We, well, at the time, they weren't doing demons, I think. Like, demons weren't part of the world. And then, at the last minute, they added demons, and no one thought to go back and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, we have a demon for you. Um, right. So, okay, I want to talk about... There's a future shift card I want to talk about, because there's a fun story here. Um, I want to talk about Tarmogoyf. Oh. Okay, so Tarmogoyf, for those who don't know, it's a very famous card. Uh, it's one and a green for uh, a Lurgoyf. Star, star, uh, star, one plus, star plus one or one plus star. Uh, Tarmogoyf's power is equal to the number of card types among cards in all graveyards, and if toughness is equal to that number plus one. And then in reminder text, it said, the card types are artifact, creature, enchantment, instant, land, planeswalker, sorcery, and tribal. Which might not sound like that crazy a thing, except neither Tribal nor Planeswalker was yet a, a card type. Um, and so the reason we made Tarmogoy specifically was that joke of, we're going to list the card types, and it's going to list card types that don't exist. That was the plan. And in fact, um, we were going to do Planeswalkers in this very set. Um, we are going to have three Planeswalkers. I think we are going to have a blue, a green, and a black Planeswalker was the plan. And we were working really hard at designing them, and uh, it wasn't quite, like, we, we weren't quite done, and so we decided, um, we decided that we weren't going to put Planeswalkers in. So you want to pick up the story from us not putting the Planeswalkers in? Well, so, right, so, we, we're, so we're not putting the Planeswalkers in, uh, and eventually, of course, they end up uh, being introduced in, in Lorwyn, um, but... Because of that, we have a gap, right? Anytime you take a card out, right? I think it was Garrick uh, at the time, although he probably wasn't called Garrick in uh, the, the playtesting world. I, I forget. Even uh, like Famari or something. I don't know the different name. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so one of the things, it's like, okay, great. We have this gap. Um, a card that had been previously cut from the set uh, was Tarmogoyf, right? And I reintroduced him into the file. But I, I think that when I did that, I think I both cut off a mana cost, right? I think the design had handed over at 2G yeah. and and added uh, a toughness. Right. right. Like, so we, it, it, it was a star star. Right. We made him 2G star star. And, and here's the funny thing. I did star star because I hate star star plus one. I'm like, we're going to correct this. Star star. Let's math, you know. Yeah. And so I must have gone back to... I mean, so... Uh, I must have gone back to the original Lurgoyf, right, which was also a star, star plus one. And because it's not like I was, like, reactivating the the design record or anything. I was just, you know, retyping uh, 
what was in there. And so while I'm sure I copy pasted the uh, the rules text, the the power toughness I just I just uh, went by. And so Tarmogoyf became a star, star plus one. Now, it, you know, we did play Tarmogoyf a lot, and I remember um, talking about him with uh, a number of the other uh, developers because I knew I was making Tarmogoyf powerful. I didn't realize how powerful, uh, of course. But, you know, to me, the, a couple things I loved about Tarmogoyf was, one, green was always the color that was supposed to have the best creatures, right? And, um, you know, it's just like, hey, it's just it's just a creature on the ground. It's like, yes, he's going to have some good stats on occasion. Uh, but I, I, I thought that, you know, he dies to sorts to plowshares, terror, every every removal spell. He has no protection from anything. And and the second the second piece of it was I love the fact that it made you think about how you were building your deck just in a totally new way, right? I know now, probably 15 years, uh, <laughs> coming up on 15 years later, people are like, well, it's solved, there's, right? But it at the time, it was, oh, here's a new puzzle that you just have never thought about uh, in deck building magic. So uh, because of all those reasons, he got to stay with his uh, that, that extra toughness that you hate, uh, <laughs> apparently, and... Uh, uh, you know, he's become one of the most powerful creatures of all time. Yeah, it, it is, one of the things that's really interesting looking back at Future Sight is we were making a lot of, like, guesses. Like, not just us, the creative team as well. Um, so here, here's another, I'll give an example of where we were trying to hint at something and then messed it up by not, like... So, okay, so the card was, where is it? Um, Sarcomite Mirror. Uh, so Sarcomite Mirror, two and a blue, two, one... Uh, it's an artifact creature. It's a mirror. Uh, and it says, uh, two, Sarcomite Mirror gains flying until end of turn. Two, sacrifice Sarcomite Mirror, draw a card. So we knew when we went to Mirrodin, in the original time we went to Mirrodin, we had planted the seeds to for the return to Mirrodin where the Frexians attack. Like, we had planned that all ahead of time. And so this card was meant to be uh, a tease of that, right? It was meant to be, it was, it was the creative team. Uh, we had never made a colored artifact, but this was the first colored artifact. We had never made a colored artifact before. So the idea was, oh, colored artifacts might be a perfect thing for our return to Mirrodin because we know the Frexians will be there. And anyway, so we were like setting ourselves up. Then I'm working on um, uh, Shards of Alara, and I, I'm in charge of a mini team for... Uh, for Esper, which was the blue, blue, white, black centered uh, shard, and Mark Gottlieb came up with the idea of what if all the creatures in this world were artifact creatures, which was really, I mean, because the whole idea was they kept upgrading themselves, and it was a really cool idea. And it was clean and it was simple, but it required making colored artifacts, <laughs> um, and so we did it there. So when we got back to Scars and Mirrodin, and we didn't want to repeat that. So like. Sarcomite Mirror didn't quite work because we'd used we'd used that thing that we were teasing before we got there, um, and so it, it's it's very fun when I look back. There's a lot of real honest attempts by both uh, the mechanical side of things and the creative side of things to really really hint where we were going. We teased uh, Concentrate Care. We teased um, 
uh, Pharaohs. Not that they all ended up getting named what we teased, but we you could see we're saying one day we'll do a Greek mythology set. One day we'll do, you know, like we we were teasing things that we thought we were going to do. And mechanic, I was teasing mechanics I thought someday we were doing. Um, the earliest version of Devotion, which was called, uh, I mean, it wasn't called Chroma here, but Chroma was the first version of it. Like we teased that here. There, anyway, there, it's very funny looking at Future Side about how much R&D was really trying to give hints. Now, hidden around all the hints were things that were crazy we weren't, we weren't planning to do. So it was the audience didn't know exactly what was real from what was not real. But Well, and, and, the, and the funny thing to me is, is for all the times that we were like intentionally going about um, putting hints in, like there's cards like Steamflogger Boss, which had... You know, in my mind, no, like we had no intention of ever doing Steamflogger Boss. Well, let me let me reach Steamflogger. Uh, let me let me reach Steamflogger Boss real quick for the audience who doesn't know it. Uh, three in a red, three three creature Goblin Rigger. Rigger didn't exist right at, at the time. Other Rigger creatures you control get plus one plus zero oh, and have haste. If a Rigger you control would assemble a contraption, it assembles two contraptions instead. Yeah, and contra and importantly, they're also contraptions weren't a thing. Like right, it meant nothing. <laughs> there there weren't contraptions. Right, and so like we didn't know what assembling a single contraption meant, let alone two. Yet, uh, when when you, uh, and so it, it, it had no, it, it wasn't passing it forward to anything intentionally. Yet, uh, you know, you really plugged into that when you did uh, unstable. What's well, so and... real quickly? There's a funny story here. Do you know what what caused? What was the impetus that made the audience want us to make contraptions? Uh, no, I, I mean, was it not Steam Flogger Boss? No, I mean, it was Steam Flogger, but Aaron, Aaron Forsyth had a column at the time, and Aaron admitted in the column that we had no plans to make Steam Flogger Boss. Like, it was totally a joke, we're never going to make it, and, like, he, he threw the gauntlet down, and the, and the public was like, well, if you're never going to make it, then clearly that's what we want you to do. Yeah, right, and, and so, it, you know, to, to me it's just so funny of all this, you know, like you're talking about Sarkomite Mir and how it was like, oh, look, you know, there was some good planning, intentionality, yet Steamflogger Boss just um, <laughs> just came to be and and created contraptions, <laughs> uh, which, you know, were, were, were a lot of fun and unstable. The, the, by the way, the amount of hours spent of me trying to figure out what, because I first, I first tried to do it in Blackboard, I tried to make contraptions in Blackboard or... And it ended up being something that was just very hard to do. So I ended, the Silver Border gave me some more flexibility to do them. But um, it was, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is really weird to see where Future like Future Sight definitely did a lot of directionality and did a lot of things that we would later pay off. I mean, there's no set with more throw forwards than Future Sight. Yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, I know we've been talking a lot about the cards here, but also, you know, we saw there was a new a new frame design uh, for the future site cards. Not that we've gone back to that uh, design, but you know, and, and also the full art um, vanilla creatures, right? There's just been a, a lot of that. There's a lot of, of things that we learned that we then would later tap into as, as we worked on magic. I'll admit I'm shocked we've not done full art uh, uh, creatures. Like 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 vanilla. I always thought that was an easy throw forward that we would just do, and I don't think we've done that yet. So, yeah. Well, you know what? That's the, the great news is is we are still writing the future. <laughs> that is true. Uh, even now, right? I mean, it, it, it's one of the awesome things about magic is you know we have so many opportunities to create you know fun, exciting cards, um, and to revisit things that that our our fans and players have, have loved for so long.
Yeah, and I, I once again, I, I think there's more. The like Future Sight is not giving up all its goodies yet. Like I said, Strixhaven just printed a card. So uh, it is something we keep looking at. And um, I, I have some, I have some eye on some cards that I, I would like to that 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 maybe would make sense in future sets. So I'm I'm always looking out for ways to get future sight back. So yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the one that I was most surprised that hasn't come to be yet, and I don't even I don't maybe this isn't some future set somewhere. I don't think it is though. Uh, Yixla uh, Jailer. Um, it's the uh, the one B two one cards and uh, the zombie wizard cards and graveyards lose all abilities. Like to to me, it was like. I, I think that was a card I remember when I was working on sets. I would always be like, oh, this will be a great set. It offers some good graveyard hate, which is something uh, that uh, developers, <laughs> set designers are always looking for. But the the, the creative there just hasn't uh, ha- hasn't matched up. Um, and so I know I was never successful in getting in. So that's that's I'll, I'll put it down as that's my prediction for. It, it, it has been in design uh, files, by the way. Excellent Jailer has been in design files. It's never made it to print, but it's been in design files. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's for that same reason of, hey, this is, it's a really good, straightforward card. Um, but yeah, that, that, that to me was, you know, back when we were talking about creative matches, that was one. So uh, we're almost, I'm almost to my desk here, so I've got to wrap up. But I do have one last question for you. Um, how much would you like to see a Future Sight 2? Oh man, uh, I I absolutely would love to to see a future say too. Uh, I don't know if that's you know my nostalgia for it or I I think the thing about it is is you know sets like future sight when you're working on um un- unstable right when when we're doing these sets that are just out there it just it pushes us outside the box right. And I think that that is such a valuable space for Magic and for our players to just say, okay, what what does this look like? What is so different? Um, and that really uh, that really taps into, you know, just this awesome, awesome design space that uh, really can pay off with some fun cards. And you know, it, I, I think Future Sight was was a big success in terms of delivering on on the future. Right, it's 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 held up pretty well uh, over the course of time. So I, I'm a big fan of Future Site too. Um, you know, I, I look, I look. Maybe you already have a design file you're working on. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Well, it's funny when I when I first pitched Modern Horizons, my pitch was as a future uh, future site two. That was my original pitch for it. Um, and then Ethan sort of pitched Time Spiral two. It kind of morphed together a little bit, but. Um, Anyway, I, I I hold out hope one day we'll do a supplemental set. That's that's. I mean, I'm not, I I we, we have to make it happen. But I I, I, I would love to, I would love to see it happen someday because I, I I do have a lot of fond memories of Future Sight One. So I, I would yeah, love one day to have a Future Sight Two. Yeah, I, I think that'd be awesome. I think that you know when I look at Modern Horizons Two and Modern Horizons that they also have tapped into some of that you know that blending of oh we're gonna we're gonna put these two mechanics together in a way they haven't been experienced before and a, a lot of times that's just like you know mixing peanut butter and chocolate of like oh wow this is delicious this is amazing i can't i can't believe they did that so yeah it's, um, it's, i think it, it'd be a great opportunity as a sign that you and i barely tapped into future site like mix and match with a whole theme of future site that we didn't even talk about today uh which obviously modern horizons 2 played into um 
this is the kind of set that you and I could talk for many, many times because like we just touched. We really spent a lot of time today on the future shift stuff. There's a whole other aspects to the set we didn't touch into. So this is a very complex set with a lot going on. Yeah, right. I mean, like there's the cards like Slaughter Pact that are at the beginning of your next upkeep, pay mana or you lose the game. Right. I remember that cycle, Grandeur. Uh, there, there's a lot. Yeah, there's of, a lot. Uh, there's a lot. A there's, lot tucked there's, in. There's a lot. <laughs> anyway, guys, I can see my desk. So we all know what that means. Means it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, Mark. I look forward to, you know, 15 years when we can talk about uh, <laughs> the future site again. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Mike. And all of you, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>